Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Well, good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. Once again, we are talking in our Questions About Heaven podcast. I'm glad you came along. I'm glad that we can talk, and we're going to go through some various scriptures here as we get going and uh, take a look at our position, our condition, uh, our well-being in heaven. And we'll be looking at some various scriptures, and so if you take your Bibles and you might have them ready to go and go about, or if you have a pen or pencil and take some notes here. I always tell you to write these things down, check them for yourself, be able to enjoy these things, and you know, just be able to uh, lead a study. I tell uh, my friends that listen to the podcast, this is the 222 principle, 2 Timothy 2.2. When you see that verse, it is a commission by Paul to tell Timothy, I am giving you this information that you may find responsible teachers and teach them, so then they'll find responsible teachers and teach them, so then they will find responsible teachers and teach them. And this heavenly cycle will continue on until the Lord returns. And so I'd like you to take notes and to look at this and to study these things and to share them with others and be able to, I'd like to tell you, whenever you listen to one of these podcasts, Within the next 24 hours, try to teach at least two people what you have learned here. You don't need to give me any credit. That's unnecessary. But just to take this scripture and so it stays in with you better. And I am told by sociologists that when somebody knows they're about to teach something, the retention is like 80% better if you are taking it and knowing you have to turn around and teach it. So now when we're talking here, we're going to start off by going to a very curious word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22, it says that in the final, as Paul is giving his greeting, it uses one word, which is a very strange word to us. And maybe you've never heard this word before, or you've heard it vaguely within the Christian circles, and it's Maranatha. Some people will pronounce it Maranatha, Maranatha. And that is a word that's concluding the verse. It says Maranatha. Verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Jesus Christ. Amen. And the first letter to the Corinthian church is finished. This is a very strange word. It's Aramaic. It is not Greek. It is not Hebrew. But the way it's used, Paul never describes it. And we find this very, very curious. Or else maybe it's not curious at all. It could be when he used it, that it's used in such a regular uh, cadence among the people, in such a regular rhythm of life, that there's no reason to explain it. Maranatha means, come, Lord, or our Lord comes. We want you to come, Lord. And so when they would greet each other, come, Lord, we want the Lord to be able to come to us. He is coming. We're looking for his coming. We pray that he would come soon. It's an untranslated word. Isn't that something else? Sort of like when the Hawaiians would say aloha, it would be for a greeting, or it would be for a farewell and shalom. We had a wonderful uh, Jewish man, a Messianic uh, Jewish uh, man that would come and work on our uh, plumbing, and he would always come into our house and shalom, shalom, Brad and Jill, and then he would leave shalom, peace, 
And so this would be a word that is telling the anticipation of the church and Paul for Jesus Christ to come back. Isn't it something? And, and rightfully so. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 says that our citizenship is in heaven, and so we're out of place here. It's not that we're, our citizenship is not in this world. We're looking to get back home. You know, you might even be on a vacation, but you know where home is, and we're looking for home. Or you might be in a totally alien place. Well, that's called earth. We're here, and there are wonderful things about this earth, but our citizenship is secure in heaven. We eagerly await for the Savior, it says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. And that is indeed Maranatha. We, say, we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9 that we are waiting for the Son from heaven. In the Greek, this is known as the harpazo, the snatching away. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, when it talks about Jesus will take us away from the wrath as promised in Romans chapter 5 and verse 9, we'll be saved from wrath. And that includes, I believe, the tribulation as well. We're taken away, and you'll notice in the book of Revelation, as we've talked about, from chapter 4 through chapter 19, when the judgments are on earth, you don't read of any time that the church is included for that. But the anticipation is there. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15, Paul says, we who are alive and remain will be caught up. And he's saying we, because he's thinking. He's believing that this could happen in his lifetime. What an anticipation known as the imminent return of Christ can happen at any time. And there is no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before Jesus comes and starts the end times through the harpazo, the Greek word for the rapture as well. And so when we see this, we are rejoicing in the anticipation of the Lord coming. And somebody says, well, I might not be ready. Well, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as taking over as your Lord, your master and savior, not only to save you, but to lead you. And I rest comfortably in the fact that I am not only his servant, I'm his child. Isn't that a wonderful combination there? The Bible tells us we get this this very intriguing combination. It says in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 4 that his servants, that's us, the Christians, will serve him. And you say, well, wait a minute. What's that sounds like? That servitude sounds pretty lowly. But Revelation 22, 5 says, and we shall reign with him. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21 says, to the overcomers, I'll have them sit down with me on the throne. There's wonderful promises here. And then especially the fact that when we see this, it's talking about the fact that we are brought before impure because Jesus has taken those, those sins to the cross. They're gone. And God says this, oh, really? You know, are, are, are we worrying about those sins? Let me tell you something. Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, he separated us from those sins. Uh, it tells us, Isaiah 38, verse 17, he has thrown those sins behind him. And the Hebrew idiom is if, if you're saying, that he has thrown those sins between your shoulder blades, which means no matter where they are, if they're between your shoulder blades, no matter where you turn, you're not going to find them. That is an absolutely amazing truth here. So we see in Revelation, we were talking about Revelation, and we're going to be moving into it in our studies um, and finishing up with our talk on Laodicea. And we're going in, and we will see the throne. And the throne signifies authority. In chapter 4 alone, the word throne is used 13 times. If my memory serves me correctly, 
In Revelation, 42 times the word throne is used. The throne is in heaven. Ezekiel sees it in chapter 1. John sees it in in Revelation chapter 4. Psalm 103 verse 19. The Lord has prepared his throne in heaven. That's where it is. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 1. Heaven is my throne. And that's God's dwelling. His throne is heaven. Heaven is his throne. It's great authority here. And so we're there. And you know something else? We're going to be active in heaven as well. And that's kind of hard for us. We say, oh, you're saying, you know, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 15, uh, day and night they will serve him. And that's a, a figurative because there is no night in heaven. As we know, Revelation 21 verse 25 says, there's no need of any light, no sun, moon, because the glory of the Lord will illumine it and the lamb is the light. So there's no need for that. So this is used as a a, a sort of a, a figure of speech to say it's continuous, that his servants will continue to serve him. You say, well, I, I, I just, you know, I'd like to do that, but wouldn't that be tiring? Because, I mean, I think about it. We have a work day at our church, and I get tired by the end of the day, or I'm on a mission trip, and halfway through the week I'm fatigued, or, you know, I'm here in a service, and I'm shameful to say this, shamed you know, that I start falling asleep sometimes, or I nod off, or my mind wanders because of fatigue, or I'm even in prayer and I get tired. And so you're saying continually serve the Lord? Well, understand this now. When we're in heaven right now, if we we were to pass away, and the loved ones that are Christians uh, that you know that are in heaven right now, their soul is in heaven. Do you realize their soul is in a perfect state? It's as complete as it's ever going to be for eternity. Their soul is there. Their body is still on earth. The resurrection has not happened. Only one has been resurrected and has a resurrected body, and that's Jesus. But for the rest, their souls are in heaven right now, and their body awaits for that resurrection time that's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But until then, uh, in there, the souls are moving about in heaven. They are moving, and they are active. They are going about. Well, see, you know, it says it. uh, it, They're just like, in a sense, they're uh, like the angels in this sense. The angels uh, are ministering spirits, it says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. But they're moving around, you know. They have powers of, pers- uh, 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 of let us say, persecution. Uh, God will direct them to punish, as we see in Revelation, withholding the winds and uh, adding destruction of the bowl, uh, stru- uh, judgments, and uh, many things like that. And yet, in there, they are just ministering spirits. So this body is not needed for that. And so those souls in heaven, they also have that because in their soul state, they have identity. We saw that in Matthew 17. And they're serving around. They are serving. They're worshiping. They're enjoying. They're asking. They're talking. All these kind of things. Then during the resurrection, the body will be there in a resurrected state we will be able to enjoy the Lord on the new earth that we're going to be reading about in Revelation chapter 21 on this. Isn't that something? Because our spirit right now, as it's contained in our body, our spirit, it wants to do so much, but our body wears down. It gets fatigued. It gets distracted. Think about it. Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 through 43. Jesus turns, and he just needed some support as the man about to do the the horrifying yet beautiful 
uh, crucifixion decision that he's making. He's going to about, about to step into that. And as he's about to pray, he looks and he sees the disciples have fallen asleep. Now, you know that wasn't their intent. Their bodies just gave out. And he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's true with us, isn't it? We want to do so much, but our spirit is hindered by this lowly flesh. Well, it tells us in Colossians that one day this lowly body will be glorified. And when we're together, then that's going to be a powerful, powerful realization that we'll never get fatigued. The Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 4, never die, never have sorrow, never have mourning. Uh, we will have complete satisfaction and joy, Psalm 16, verse 11. But there's something else that I wanted to tell you. Uh, I've heard a number of people and pastors say, when we get to heaven, we'll know everything. We'll have perfect knowledge. And I have to disagree with that. We'll be on a learning curve. One of the great joys of heaven is the, is the joy of discovery. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, it says that the Lamb will lead us and he leads us to various things. And that principle is this. You are led somewhere, if it's for instruction or discovery, you're learning something because you didn't know what to do. That's why you needed to be led. And it says that Jesus will lead us. And so I see that there is a joy of discovery in heaven. And the reason I can say that we will not have perfect knowledge is because in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 10, the residents of heaven, John witnesses to them, asking instruction of the Lord. They're asking him why, which means they don't have perfect knowledge. They're learning. And that principle is very valuable to me. We will be adventuring in heaven. We'll be discovering. We'll get answers. And as Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10 says, all things will be brought together. And that includes the questions we've had in this life. So this is a very, very powerful promise for us and a great anticipation, much to anticipate in heaven. And Christian, I'm telling you, it is a great joy. Let's, let's share these truths with others that they might know. And an unbeliever that might be listening to this, listen, there is such a wonderful, wonderful discovery. The finish line of heaven is the starting line, of the finish line of earth is the starting line of heaven. Isn't that amazing? In the realization that we're leaving, the doorway here from earth is the doorway into heaven for the believer in Jesus Christ. And you can have that in accepting him as Savior. He's died for your sins and wants you to be with him in heaven. It's a wonderful truth. Thank you so much. This is Brad. I'm going to get going into some other studies as we get back into Revelation chapter 3. Thank you so much for joining me here. God bless you. And we'll talk some more on questions about heaven. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.